You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We are, of course, just a few days removed from Thanksgiving. And uh, I don't know, I guess because of uh, all of the uh, excitement this week. We've been thinking the baby was coming any day, and we've had a family in town. It's been a wonderful week. I, I almost wish Thanksgiving was not already over. You know, I feel like we still have so much to thank God for, and I'm glad that we don't have to stop being thankful just because the holiday's over. But now we're, we're, we're in December, and now we're anticipating what I think is probably my favorite holiday of the year, Christmas. And you say, I know I love Santa Claus too. Well, I'm I'm thinking a little bit different lines, but I'm thinking about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, we wouldn't be here today if it were not for the Christmas holiday, the Christmas time that we celebrate the birth of our Savior. But I was reading a couple weeks ago, I was reading in 2 Corinthians 9, and I've, I've read this verse many times before, but I saw how that in one verse you have both holidays found. In one verse you have both uh, uh, both focus is found in one verse. It says in verse number 15 of 2 Corinthians 9, the first word is the word, what is it? Thanks. Can I tell you, that ought to be a word that you use and I use every single day of our lives. You say, well, nobody does anything for me. Maybe you don't say thanks to people, but you and I ought to say thanks to God every day. Every day when you wake up and every day when you open your eyes and every day when you get out of bed and every day when you breathe God's air and every day that you have a heart that's still beating and every day that you have a, a, a life that you can live, you ought to thank God for His goodness in your life. It says in verse 15, thanks be unto God. And then it says for His unspeakable gift. Now, as you read through 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it's a very, very interesting and it's a very powerful chapter. But we see in verse number 11, Paul says to the church at Corinth, he says, we've been enriched in everything to all bountifulness. Don't you feel like that sometimes? That God's not just been a little bit good. God's been a whole bunch good. His, his blessings have enriched us and, and, and the, the bountifulness whereby God has blessed us. It says in verse number 11, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Boy, when we see the blessings of God and the blessings of God's people, and in this passage, it was the, the churches. Uh, it was the Gentile churches that were raising funds and they were sending money back to the church at Jerusalem. Not so they could have nicer buildings, not so they could big, uh, build bigger structures, but because they were under persecution. They were trying to, uh, to, to, to feed themselves and clothe themselves and survive. And the, the churches uh, uh, sent money back to the Christians at Jerusalem and said, we just want to be a blessing to you and help you in your time of need. That produced a spirit of thanksgiving. But then it says in verse number 12, it says, for the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Paul is talking about the, the blessing that God's people had been to one another. But then he gets to verse number 15, and it's almost like Paul, just as, uh, just as a moment of truth, he says, you know, 
We're thanking people. We're thanking churches. We're thanking Christians and we're thanking them for the monetary gifts they've given. We're thanking them for acts of kindness that they have done. But time out. It doesn't get any bigger and it doesn't get any better than the unspeakable gift that God himself gave to us. And can I tell you what that unspeakable gift was? John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You can't get a better gift than Jesus Christ. You can't get a more precious, valuable gift than eternal life. And this is what Paul says. He says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I'd like for you to notice first in this passage, I see the giver. The giver is mentioned. It says in verse number 15, thanks be unto who? To God. God is the giver. God is the one who has given us the gift of his only begotten son. The Bible tells us that if God spared not his own son, if God would not hold back his son, don't you think God's going to take care of all the rest? You say, I don't know how I'm going to uh, put groceries on the table this week. Well, I got news for you. If God would be willing to give his son, he's going to take care of the groceries. You say, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent this month. I want to tell you, if God would give his son, I think God can take care of the rent. You say, I don't know how God's going to help with this medical need. I don't know how God's going to help with my family need. I want to tell you, if God would give his son, he can take care of all the rest. He's the giver. The story is told of a 67-year-old man. He was a carpenter. He died in 1994. His name was Russell Herman. His will included a staggering set of bequests. Included in his plan for distribution was more than $2 billion for the city of East St. Louis. I was reading the story this week and I thought, I can't imagine that. First of all, East St. Louis, they could use the money, I'm sure, to, to, if you've ever been over in that area of, uh, of, of the country. But East St. Louis, they could use some work on their bridges and they could use some work on their structure and all that. But this guy left $2 billion for the city. It says he left another billion and a half for the state of Illinois. I want to tell you, the state of Illinois, I lived there. They could have used a billion and a half dollars, no doubt. And then it says, and on top of that, this man, Russell Herman, he left two and a half billion dollars for the national forest system in our country. Man, what a generous guy. Then, on top of all that, this man, Russell Herman, a carpenter, that died in 1994, he left $6 trillion to the government to help pay off the national debt. Now, I want to tell you, there's some money missing somewhere because I never heard about that $6 trillion going to pay off the national debt. And then I read on and it says that all sounds generous and all sounds amazing. The problem is when he died, the only thing he owned was a 1983 Oldsmobile. He had no money. He had no house. He had no savings. He had no retirement. He didn't have any of that. But he left in his will all of that money to be distributed, but there was one problem. It wasn't his to give. Can I tell you, when God made the promise that he would give us eternal life, he backed it up by giving his son. When God says that he's got a home that is awaiting, that is being prepared in heaven, can I tell you, he can back up that promise. Amen. 
When God says he'll meet your need, he can back that promise because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mind. God is the giver. He gave you life. He gave you breath. He gave you a mind. He gave you eyes and ears and mouth and arms and legs and heart and lungs. And God has given so much. The Bible says in James chapter 1, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God gave us the Holy Spirit. God gives us our daily bread. God gives us health and strength. And He's given you your spouse. He's given you your children. In this world, there are a lot of takers. But can I tell you, I'm glad we have a God who is a giver. We have a God who has given everything that we have. And may we, as God's people and as God's children, may we give in turn. May we follow the example of our Lord and Savior. Can I tell you this Christmas? I know we've just come through Thanksgiving. Isn't it so ironic? The day we're the most thankful, the next day we're the most greedy. You know, Black Friday shopping. But can I tell you, this Christmas season and this December, may God help us to push the reset button and realize that life is not about what you get. Life is about what you give. Many people in this world are so miserable because they've not discovered the secret that it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. God is the giver. But number two, I'd like for you to see the gift that he gave. It says in verse number 15, it is an unspeakable gift. Now that does not mean you're not supposed to tell anybody. That doesn't mean you're supposed to keep it quiet or keep it confidential. That word unspeakable, it means that it's unfathomable. It's indescribable to, to, to try to sum up what it means for God to give us eternal life. The story is told of four brothers who tried to be generous. Four brothers who tried to think of a gift that they could give to their mother. Their mother lived in a distant city and these four brothers, they had left home, they went to college, they became very successful in business. So some years later, they got together and they decided they would each give a gift to their mother who lived in a distant city. The first one said, I'll tell you what I did. I had a beautiful, beautiful home built for mom. The second one said, well, I'll tell you what I did. I had a, a home theater built for mom. I knew she'd enjoy that. And inside that beautiful house that you built, I had the, the, the home theater built. The third one said, I purchased for mom a brand new Mercedes Benz, her favorite car, and I know she'll love driving that. The fourth brother, he thought he topped them all. He said, you know, Mama loved reading the Bible. He said, but she can't see very well and she's not able to read. But he said, I met a preacher. And the preacher told me about a parrot that can recite the entire Bible. It took 20 pastors 12 years to teach this parrot the entire Bible. He said, it's an amazing parrot. They said, if you will just say a chapter and a verse that parrot can immediately quote that verse. Mom loved reading the Bible. She can't read anymore because of her eyesight. I know she will love my gift. Shortly after, their mother sent out thank you notes to each of the brothers. She wrote to the first brother. She said, the house you built for me is so big, I only live in one room, but I still have to clean the whole house. Thanks anyway. 
To the second brother, she said, I'm uh, trying to enjoy this expensive theater with all the special sound and all that. She said, but it holds 50 people and all my friends are gone and all my friends have passed away. I've lost my hearing. I'm nearly blind. I'll never be able to use the home theater, but thank you for your gesture just the same. The third brother, she wrote and said, son, you know I'm too old to travel. I stay at home. I have my groceries delivered, so I never even used the Mercedes. The thought was good, though, thanks. To the fourth son, she said, to my dearest son, you are the only son to have good sense to give a little thought to your gift. The chicken was delicious. Thank you. You see, there's some gifts. There are, how many of you say, that sounds like something my mother would do. There are some gifts that are expensive. There are some gifts that are very valuable, but maybe they're not practical. But when God gave us the gift of his son, he gave us the most valuable gift in all the world. He gave us the most expensive gift. It was a gift of sacrifice. You see, when God gave, the Bible says, His only begotten Son, He didn't just give one of three. He didn't give one of five. He didn't just give one of many. He gave the only Son He had. He gave the best He had. And that gift was so valuable. It was so precious. It was so priceless. But not only that, that gift was exactly what every single person on planet earth needed because it was the gift that could save your soul and give you a home in heaven. We see number one, the giver was God. Number two, the gift was the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That gift involves salvation. That gift is eternal life. That gift is a home in heaven. The gift is forgiveness of sins and justification. But I've got a question for you this morning. What have you done with that gift? There may be some in this room that that gift is still sitting there. It's got your name on it, but you've never accepted it. Maybe some of you, you think that you can figure it out on your own. Maybe you think you're good enough. Maybe you think your, your church membership or your baptism or your good deeds will get you to heaven. I've got news for you. None of those things will work. The only way that a person can know for sure that they have eternal life is by accepting the gift of Jesus Christ. What have you done with that gift? For some of you, maybe you've accepted the gift, but that's as far as it's gone. You say, I'm going to heaven, but that's all I need. Friend, I want to tell you, I'm glad I'm going to heaven. I'm glad I've got eternal life, but there's so much more to salvation than just a home in heaven. There is joy that you can experience and peace and satisfaction and purpose for living. There is so much that you can have on this earth. Salvation is all-encompassing, the greatest gift that's ever been given. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. But thirdly, I see in this passage... I see the giving of thanks. It says in verse number 15, the first word, thanks. Yes, there's the giver. And yes, there is the gift. But friend, if we've been given that gift, why would we not express our thanks? Why would we not express our gratitude? There's only one response that's truly fitting, and that's the word thanks. How could we not say thanks? You say, well, pastor, I'm not thankful. 
because my life is miserable. Maybe you're here and maybe you're like uh, Brother Dan who just talked about all the stress that he goes through at, at holidays. Couldn't you just envision that, Brother Dan, in the, in the kitchen? You know he's probably slaving over the stove. I'm sure, he's been, I'm sure he's been scrubbing floors at the house and I'm sure he's been planning menus. And I, I'm sure, and I'm looking forward to, I, I'm assuming that we're gonna, all going to get the invite soon to go over for the holidays because, you know, it's so stressful. He's got so much going on. I'm sure we're on that list. But you may say, I'm too stressed to be thankful. I'm miserable. You don't understand what I'm going through. It's Thanksgiving and it's Christmas and my life's falling apart. I want to say this. I want you to hear me out because I understand that this could be any of us. But if everything in your life is miserable, but you have the Lord, you have reason to be thankful. If God gave you life and your whole life was hard, you say, my whole life has been difficult. My childhood was hard. My, my teen years were hard. My, 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 my college age years were hard. My young adult years were, were hard. And now I'm in later in life and my whole life has been hard. But hang on. But if you got saved and you know that you will spend eternity in heaven, just think if you had to go through a hard life, if you had to go through a hard life for 60 or 70 or 80 or 90 years, and I know that that seems like a long time, but friend, can I tell you, compared to thousands and thousands and millions, and millions doesn't even scratch the surface because it's forever in eternity in heaven where there's no more sickness, you say, it seems like I've been sick for years. Can I tell you, when you and I get to heaven, there'll be no more sickness. Miss Jane, I can't wait. There'll be no more cancer up there. I can't wait for Brother Wallace Edwards, who has spent so much time this year in the hospital, and, and uh, Brother Mrs. Fields, Brother Fields, who came home this week, but the folks who have been in the hospital so much and been through so much sickness, can I tell you, it seems like a long time, but compared to eternity, it's just the blink of an eye. And if we had nothing else to thank God for except for heaven, we could still raise our hands and raise our voice and say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Your whole life could be very difficult. And my whole life may be very difficult, but I want to tell you, we have reason to say thanks. You see, we can't earn the gift. If you could earn salvation, you might feel like you don't have to say thank you. If you pay for it, you may feel like I don't have to be thankful because I did all the work. But friend, you and I did none of the work. When Jesus hung on that cross, he said very emphatically and very powerfully and very clearly, it is finished. You know why he said it? Because he did all the work. And all you have to do is receive the gift. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.